Hello, Cathedral family and friends. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it for great is our God and greatly is he to be praised. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth should change, though the mountains shake in the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of the city and it shall not be moved. God will help it when the morning dawns, the nations are in an uproar, the kingdoms totter, he utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Now we need that word more than ever, that God is our refuge. I was watching the news just a couple of nights ago and a man was on the news being interviewed and, and he was saying, well, with all the pandemic and with all the fires, where do I go to find a safe space? The answer to that question is God is our refuge. He is our hiding place. He is our safe spot. So lean into God, get ready to worship the God who is our refuge. I hope you brought your praise on because Pastor Vaughn and the team are coming to lead us in praise.
let's be reminded today of the goodness of God. Come on, let's sing it together. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wait till I lay the goodness of God. Let's sing it together all my life. All my life you have been
I hope you hear that and let that go deep in your spirit because surely, surely God's goodness and mercy is running after you. He's chasing you down. He wants to give you more of his goodness and love and mercy in this amazing season. I wanna pray that over us in this moment. Father, thank you so much. We're not alone. You've not forsaken us. You are with us. In fact, you are chasing us with your goodness and your mercy. And while we look around and might see more smoke and more injustice and more virus and more all kinds of things, we thank you that there's more of your goodness. There's more of your mercy. There's more of your grace. There's more of your love chasing after us. May that be what we see. We're not gonna live by what we see, what we feel, but by who you are and who you say we are. Goodness is chasing after us. Put that deep in each one of our hearts and spirits in this moment, that there would be no fear, but complete trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Go ahead, let's give God thanks and praise for his faithfulness, amen. We're so glad that you're here with us this weekend. God has more for you. And one of the amazing biblical principles is that the way more happens is by happening together. You see, in the Bible, there are all these one another's that Pastor Ken's talking to us about in this series. And the reason one another is important because the more time you spend with others, the more the goodness of God gets multiplied. The more time you spend with others, the more God works in our lives. And you might be saying, well, Pastor Wayne, how do we do that online? Well, we have a great solution for you. Starting this September, we're going to have all kinds of Zoom groups for you to join, for you to lead, for you to be part of. And we'd love to have you be part of this process. So you'll see on the screen the number to email to. It's info at cathedraloffaith.org. And we'd love to have you say, hey, I'm interested in being part of a Zoom group this fall. We'd love to have you because even though we can't gather the way we'd like to, you can have more of God, more grace, more power, more multiplication of God's purposes in this time by joining one of our Zoom gatherings for small groups. Well, at this time, we wanna honor God with our gifts by coming to him and acknowledging his great faithfulness in our lives. There's a passage of scripture from Proverbs chapter three that says this, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. In this moment, it might be easy to be distracted by so many things around us but trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure it out. Trust in him, lean in him, and we honor him by bringing these gifts, the best part of what we produce. There are many ways you have you can give this weekend. You can go online, you can go to our app, you can drop it in the mail or come by the church this week. We'd love to see you if you're able to make it to one of our outdoor gatherings that are safely distanced. We encourage you to sign up to be part of those moments. You can text GIVE to the number at the bottom of the screen. There are so many ways you can be part of this moment. And we invite you to honor God with the first fruits of your wealth as you trust in Him. Well, 
I'm gonna take one more moment to pray for this offering, to pray for you, and to pray for what's taking place in our community right now. The fires are just going crazy and we need the grace of God for us and for those who are in the middle of all this, for our firefighters, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you see all things, you know all things, you are working in each of us and all of us and you're working in this moment. As we honor you with these gifts, Lord, may your grace abound to us. And Lord, as we pray for our community, would you watch over firefighters and families and homes and dwellings and, and all of this, not just because we believe in the power of things, but because we believe in this moment, people can be drawn to you and that they would have their hearts open to what you wanna do in their lives. Lord, give grace to firefighters, to families, to each of us in this moment. Thank you for your amazing faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, Cathedral is everywhere. We're all over the Bay Area and campuses. We're around the world in ministry. Take a look at one of the ministries that we're supporting right now and grateful to be part of in Mexico. Hello, Pastor Ken and Cathedral family. I hope you're having a marvelous day of worship. Uh, Pastor Ken, thanks so much about asking what's going on in Mexico. Uh, the last few months has been a very productive time as we see children and adults alike giving their lives to Jesus Christ. But just like our community, the humanitarian need because of the virus has just grown exponentially. In May, we were able to provide a thousand food baskets to the community. Then in July, we were able to buy 20,000 meals. Also in July, the Christmas uh, toys arrived for the Christmas outreach in December. Uh, Lord willing, in October, we'll be wrapping the gifts for the kids. Also in early August, we began a new construction for a kitchen in San Jose del Cabo. Uh, they laid the roof for it this last week, which is a concrete roof. And uh, once that cures, uh, we'll be able to finish out the kitchen. That particular kitchen feeds about a, a, a hundred meals uh, every day. May God bless you, love you. Thank you for your wonderful support for the people of Mexico. I love you in Christ's name. Thank you so much for your generosity. Because of your giving, Cathedral of Faith has continued to be a blessing both here in the Bay Area and around the world. And it's great to have our staff on the front row again joining me here in the building. And would you look at our special guest today, our friend Sheila E. is with us. You never know who is going to show up in church. We're looking at the subject entitled, Overcoming Loneliness in a World of Social Distancing. We're all doing our part. Our staff has been very diligent in practicing social distancing at our office. Here's what it looks like during the week.
We are all doing our best to, to defeat the virus and beat the surge. And by the grace of God, we can and we will. Can somebody say amen to that? But while we're practicing social distancing, we have to make sure we don't become socially distant. Because the ache of loneliness can run very, very deep. On the one hand, the pain of loneliness can serve a useful purpose. It can move us out of our isolation, out of our bubble, to be the social creatures that we are meant to be. But a chronic sense of loneliness, the pain of that can be unbearable. Singer Demi Lovato has battled loneliness and addiction. Sometimes we have addictions to try to deal with our loneliness. And after her last overdose, uh, she sat down and, and wrote these words. She said, I tried, she wrote, I tried to talk to my piano. I tried to talk to my guitar. I talked to my imagination, confided in alcohol. Anyone, please send me anyone. Lord, is there anyone I need Someone. When our soul aches with loneliness, we need someone. We need God and we need others. And that's why as we battle this pandemic, we must also battle against the epidemic of loneliness in our world. How do you overcome loneliness in a world of social distancing. Have you ever seen a porcupine? Now, porcupines, they have 30,000 quills, and they're very sharp. Do you know how do you get close to a porcupine? Very, very carefully. And if you get too close to a porcupine, you can end up like this dog right here. Don't you hate when that happens? That's a bad case of acupuncture. Now, the thing about people is there, well, there's a little bit of porcupine on the inside of all of us. Now, we are meant to be together. But as we move in close to each other, we find that we also have some quills that are pretty sharp. And if we get too close, ouch, ouch, and we separate and we distance ourselves, people can be hard. They really can. I love the comic strip where Lucy's talking to her brother Linus, and she says, you a doctor? Ha, that's a big laugh. You could never be a doctor. You know why? Because you don't love mankind, that's why. And Linus says, I love mankind, it's people I can't stand. <laughs> people can be hard. There's a little bit of porcupine inside all of us. And navigating those quills isn't easy. Go all the way back to the early church. Sometimes people think the early church was the perfect church. But the early church, well, they were made up of porcupines just like the modern day church. In fact, one time there were these two ladies who were really going at it. And the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4, 
he writes Iodia and Sintiki. I like to say Medea and Sotachi. You belong to the Lord, so I beg you to stop arguing with each other. Stop it. I beg you to stop arguing with each other. As people, there's a little bit of porcupine on the inside of us. So for the next few moments, I want you to focus on how do we develop social skills that can help us navigate those quills? Here are four skills that we can all put into practice. The first one is the practice of humility. The practice of humility. The Bible says in Philippians chapter 2, in whatever you do, don't let selfishness or pride be your guide. Be humble and honor others more than yourselves. Don't be interested only in your own life, but care about the lives of others too. I heard about this one couple and they were in an argument about the car they were going to buy. The man wanted to buy a monster truck, but the lady, she wanted a sports car. And so finally, she just laid it out on the table and she said, I want something that can go from zero to 180 in four seconds. And if you don't get it for me, it's gonna be very lonely around here, if you know what I mean. Well, the next day, she came home and she looked in the garage and there with a ribbon on it was a scale. I'm not sure that's what she meant. I bet it got lonely around there real quick. Conflict is a part of life. It really is. And especially, well, if, as families have been sheltering together, if you've been living with your wife and your kids for five months? Well, one lady says this. She said, we're having a spirit week at home since there's no school for the kids. Today, we're kicking it off with Meltdown Monday. My guess is after these five months of being together for 24 hours, everybody would have a conflict story to tell because conflict is a normal part of life, whether it's at work, at school, at home, even in the church, not at our church, but at other churches that happens. So when you run into conflict, there's different approaches. One approach is to go for the win, that your goal is to win at any cost. You'll say anything, you'll do anything, because your goal is to win and the other person to lose. Now, in fact, you would even rather that you both lose if we both lose, then we both lose. But there's no way you're going to lose and they're going to win. And so you're in it to win it. But at the end of the day, if you make this your conflict-solving strategy, you may win, but the relationship will lose. Instead, what if we... Well, one translation of Philippians chapter 2, verse 4, puts it this way. It says, don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. That it's not just about me, it's about we. And when we start solving a conflict in that way, going for what I call the double win, 
they did a study with couples at and they wanted to see, well, did their conflicts drive them apart or drive them together? Did they fight to the bitter end or fight to a better end? And they noticed that there was one word that showed up. Just the change of one word could make a big difference with those couples. Uh, the word had to do with you and we. If they used you a lot during their conflict solving, well, the conflict tended to drive them apart because they were attacking each other. You did this, you did that, it's your fault. But if they used the word we, then the conflict brought them closer together. Instead of attacking each other, they attacked the problem. We are together on this. Let's figure out a way that we can solve this. See, when I look for the double win and I, in humility, I'm thinking not just about me, but I'm thinking about we, well, the relationship wins. And if by some chance we still can't agree, then we agree to disagree because we value the relationship more than we value the win. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, it reads, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Humility is a skill that can take the edge off of those quills. Now, here's another skill, the practice of kindness. The practice of kindness. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Be kind to one another. When my daughter was young, I got her a bank. It was in the shape of a giant Coca-Cola bottle. And she used the bank, and then she's passed it on to her son, my grandson, and now he's learning basic economics, how you, well, you can fill the bank up with change, or you can make withdrawals from the bank, it's a way of, of saving and, well, you can fill it up with coins or you can empty the coins and make withdrawals. And I want you to imagine every relationship in your life has this kind of bank. It's an emotional bank account. And you can make deposits into that bank account or you can make withdrawals from that emotional bank account. If you can keep that bottle full, keep that emotional bank account high, whenever a problem shows up or trouble shows up and you need to make a withdrawal, well, it's much easier because you have a lot you can draw from. But when that emotional bank account is low and you try to handle trouble or difficulty, wow, there's not much to withdraw from and the relationship can really suffer. You can go in opposite directions. And so what we want to do is we want to keep this emotional bank account as full as we can. And one of the ways you do that is through kindness. When we speak a kind word, when we act in a kind way, there's something about kindness that makes deposits into that bank account. In fact, writer Stephen Covey in his book, 
Seven Habits of Highly Effective People says little kindnesses and courtesies are so important. In relationships, the little things are the big things. The little things are the big things. So every day I have the chance to get up and make a deposit into that emotional bank account just by being kind. This last week, I got a card in the mail here at church and I opened up the card and it was from my wife. Now, it's not our anniversary. It's not my birthday. She could have just given it to me at home, but she took the trouble to put it in an envelope, a stamp on it, mailed it to the church. What a wonderful surprise it was when I opened up the card and read, Hi, hon. No one could have predicted all of the current chaos in a pandemic world. With the countless challenges to navigate, just wanted to remind you that you're doing an amazing job and that I love you with all my heart. Always, Elisa. Wow. Talk about filling up the bank account. Every one of us have the chance to do that every day. And this is how we can, well, these are social skills that can help us take the edge off of those quills. Now, another skill has to do with patience. This is really important one. The practice of patience. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2, always be humble and gentle, patiently put up with each other, and love each other. Patiently put up with each other and love each other. Billy Graham's wife, Ruth Graham, where she's buried, there's something that she had written on her tombstone. It reads this way. End of construction, thank you for your patience. I love what she put there because this side of heaven right here, we are all still under construction. Now you can talk to my family, I'm still under construction. You can talk to my staff, I'm still under construction. Did I hear one of those cutouts say amen? We're all still under construction and that's why we need patience because as long as I'm under construction, I need people around me who give me room to grow and space to grow. There's a parable. It's a fascinating parable. It's a story that Jesus told about an owner of a vineyard, but he also had a fig tree inside the vineyard. Now, a fig tree after three years was to well, it had grown and it had matured and it, it should have been producing fruit. And the owner shows up and there's no fruit on this fig tree. And he says, that's it. This thing's done. You know, it's, all it's doing is taking up space, cut it down and take it away. And the gardener steps in and says, wait a second. Give it another chance. In fact, this is how it reads in the, in Luke chapter 13. Sir, give it one more chance. Leave it another year and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. Who is the gardener? The gardener 
is Jesus, who patiently works with us, adds a little fertilizer, gives us some special attention so that we can continue to grow and produce fruit. See, when we're patient with other people, what we're really doing is we're giving them room to learn, room to grow. We're not trying to fix them. We're not trying to control them. We're just giving them space and time to move into the better future that God has for them. That's what we do when we're patient with each other. Of course, sometimes we just don't feel like being patient. I saw this one picture of two ladies and one says, Lord, give me patience because if you give me strength, I'm going to need bail money to go with it. (laughs) We've all felt that way. Lord, give us patience. But how do we develop patience? How does it grow on the inside of us? I want to give you a way of looking at it that's a little different. But next time someone or something shows up that irritates you, think about the oyster. When the oyster gets a something, a a piece of sand inside that irritates it, what it does is it goes to work on it, and it works on it, and it works on it, and eventually that irritation produces a pearl inside that oyster. Next time someone shows up who's irritating you, instead of viewing it as a negative, view it as a positive. Look at it as an opportunity to grow your patience. How are you going to develop patience if you don't have anything to be patient about? The way you develop it is you're in a situation that requires it, And that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you exercise patience. And every time you do, you're deepening and developing your character. And at the end of the day, you end up with an oyster and a pearl in your hand. Patience is another thing that can take the edge off the quills. And finally, here's another skill. The practice of forgiveness. The practice of forgiveness. Colossians chapter 3 reads this way. It says, bearing with one another, or, or bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. I've mentioned before how I'm a, I'm a dog person. I'm not really a, a cat person. I'm just not. And I read something on a website called The Science of Us. I read it this week, and it confirmed my suspicions about cats. The title was called 17 Things We Know About Forgiveness. And one of them, one of the things they wrote said this, cats never forgive. Scientists have observed conciliatory behavior in many different animal species. The only species that has so far failed to show outward signs of reconciliation are domestic cats. I don't want to say I told you so, but I told you so. Watch out for those cats. But I do understand where cats are coming from when it comes to forgiveness. Because forgiveness is hard. It really is. 
the psalmist once wrote about a, a time where he had been hurt, he had been wounded. People were saying this and saying that, but the thing that made it hardest was it was someone who was in his inner circle, his best friend had wounded him. Psalm 41 verse 9 reads this way, even my best friend, the one I always told everything, he ate meals at my house all the time, has bitten my hand. When that happens, when someone within your inner circle, it's one thing for a stranger, but when you've let them into your life and they end up biting your hand, that can be a deep wound, a very deep wound. But the Bible teaches that the only way to find real healing of that deep wound is through forgiveness. When you forgive, it's a choice that you make. It's a decision. You don't excuse their wrong or ignore their wrong or deny their wrong. What they did was evil. What they did was wrong. That's why it needs to be forgiven. Instead, you make a choice to forgive them and you give up your right to strike back. One writer, Anne Lamott, she puts it this way. She describes forgiveness as this. Forgiveness means, if it find, forgiveness means it finally becomes unimportant that you hit back. It's a choice. It takes some time. But if we let the power of the Holy Spirit begin to heal our heart and help us forgive... One thing that helps me is I always go back to the foot of the cross. And there at the foot of the cross, I get in touch with the forgiveness that I need. And the forgiveness that I need gives me the strength to offer forgiveness to others. And that's the only way, friend, that's the only way. Forgiveness is the thing that opens door for reconciliation. And reconciliation, for it to happen, you have to have trust that needs to be rebuilt. But that door, if forgiveness isn't there, will, will, be, will remain closed. It will. But what forgiveness does is it opens the door for the possibility of reconciliation. And never underestimate the power of a seed. There's a great movie called Invictus. Morgan Freeman plays the character of Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela, how did he do it? How did he lead his country out of apartheid, avoid a civil war that would end up in a massive bloodbath? How did he do it? How did he lead? Watch this clip and we find a very important clue. Look agitated, Jason. Well, that's because there are four special branch cops in my office. Oh, what did you do? Nothing. Well, they say they're the presidential bodyguards and they have orders signed by you. Ah, yes, ah, yes. Well, uh, these men are special trained by SAS. They have lots of experience. They protected the clerk. Yes, sir, but it doesn't mean that they have to come. You asked for more men, didn't you? Yes, sir. I asked... Um... When people see me in public, they see my bodyguards. You represent me directly. 
A rainbow nation starts here. Reconciliation starts here. Reconciliation, sir. Yes, reconciliation, Jason. Comrade President, not long ago, these guys tried to kill us. Maybe even these four guys in my office tried and often succeeded. Yes, I know. Forgiveness starts here, too. Forgiveness liberates the soul. It removes fear. That is why it is such a powerful weapon. Forgiveness, the power of forgiveness. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever received the forgiveness of God? In Romans chapter 2, verse 4, we read, Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant, and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin and toward him? The goodness and kindness of God at work in your life, revealing who God is, the kind of God he is, that he wants so much a relationship with you. And until you have that, the deepest ache of your loneliness, it'll just never go away. So I'm going to invite you to put your faith and trust in Jesus. If you've never done that, I say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I need a Savior. I cannot save myself. And I put my trust and my faith in you. I turn away from my sin and I receive your forgiveness. I put you in charge of my life, Jesus. I surrender my life to you. Thank you for loving me like you do. Thank you for giving me hope, not only in this life, but beyond this life, eternal life. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Congratulations on that decision. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life. And I want to encourage you, continue to get to know God. Start to pray. Pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Read the Bible. Start with one of the Gospels. It tells the story of Jesus. And then finally, get connected to a local church. Even though we can't meet like we used to be able to, there are lots of ways online to plug in. And I hope that you'll take advantage of that. And the more you lean into God, the more you learn about God, that we do serve a God who is the great way maker when there seems to be no way, he can make a way. Here comes the team to share that song with you. Work, promise 
God is the way maker. Thank you so much for being a part of today's service. Uh, if you have a prayer need or if there's any other way we can, can serve you during this time, please contact us through social media or call the church office. And I want to speak God's blessing over you as you go this week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And this week, especially this week, may you know that when you walk with God and you walk with his family, you never really walk alone. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray this, amen. tune out come on in the rap is just getting started hey if you are grateful for the 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 messages that pastor ken has been given how about you just type amen in that chat right now just let uh let's encourage our pastor for bringing us a you know a weekly great word always uh, strong as always speaking we're gonna get right into it pastor rick what stuck out to you today well um i think um several things uh one of the things before we get started Mm -hmm. i just want to thank you guys like, we were all sitting in a meeting, and Pastor Irene said, you know, what if we did this thing after the service? And Pastor Ken turns to Pastor Irene and says, well, why don't you lead it? <laughs> and you guys have done just a phenomenal job of creating an environment for people to hang out after the service and taking them deeper. So thank you guys for doing that. What a, what a blessing it's been to all of us watching it. Thank you guys. Oh, thank so you. kindness, like... Um, I, w- I was telling the guys earlier that um, my, uh, my godchild has just been going through a really difficult time with lots of different things, the whole shelter in place and some other things that took place. And so Linda and I, we called her and was talking with her and um, sharing, and she um, sent me this card in the mail. And it just blessed me so much. She just told us how much she loved us and how much she cared about it mm-hmm. and how grateful she was. So that, mm-hmm. that really touched my heart, wow. kindness. Absolutely. Yeah. It goes so much further than, like when you write the note, you feel yeah. like it's just going to be like, oh, okay, but it like, mm-hmm. what it does to the recipient is amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. It's even beautiful like to see Pastor Ken share the letter that yeah. Lisa. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I don't know. Cathedral of Faith Wives. She <laughs> threw it down. I know that wasn't her intention, set. but man, she put a bar up. I don't know. And also, the, that was, 
the the <laughs> word says that uh, kind words is like honey. Mm. They are like honey, yeah, right. mm. sweet mm. to the soul and healthy. It brings health, health to, to the body. body. Mm. Absolutely. So, I know it's like, <laughs> man, I need to practice as more open. Absolutely. And it's good for us because it makes us healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. kind of note and like Alisa, yes, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah, absolutely. But I think of kindness too, Pastor Rick. I think of you because before we even moved here, you left a voicemail on our um, thing and you were like, whatever you got. It was early Saturday morning. I was like, he's a morning person. And he's like, if you need anything, if you want me to drive down there and help you get your stuff and come back. And we remember that to this day because we hardly even knew you. But just being to extend yourself out there and to be like, I'm here for you. You're my brother. You're my sister in Christ. I don't even know you, but I'm here for you. So I just love that. I love that about you, how you exemplify that. And all the people who call him grandpa and mom, you know, and mama and to you guys, thank you for it being a visual expression of the kindness of God. Well, Pastor Irene, I don't think, like, I don't see myself as a kind person, but I've learned, like, being around people like you. Your son, Zion, like, he is such a kind person. Matthew, such kind people. I feel like the more you're around kind people, it kind of rubs off on you because I see the importance of it, but I don't always hit the mark. So thank you for being such a kind person. <laughs> well, it's great to even, you know, just to you acknowledging, you know, your predisposition, but then you didn't stop there. You worked on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just how like this, this whole thing, the rap and everything is about that. It's like right. we're under construction, That's right? right? We're working on this and mm-hmm. we're, we're finding those areas of the road that need to be patched and need to be worked on right. in these seasons. Yeah, need we need we need work. Uh, and this whole idea of being of practice. This is a practice. And That's so funny. Aurora. Well, because I love Pastor Ken and his his I analogy am his gif. with oyster. And when it comes to patience, I I feel like you know I've I've been that that point of irritation. I think God put me in my wife's life to be that irritation, right? For patience to happen. Because, you know, as the more irritating I am and the more patient we are, guess what? I, from, from, a, from a grain of sand, I become a pearl. Hey. So I, I, I officially dub myself the pearl of our marriage. And so... <laughs> but he gave me can, the pearl. we can, you can too. <laughs> so Aurora, has he turned into that pearl yet? Or is he still just a grain of no, sand? No, he, he gave me the pearl. So I don't know who, you know, oh, okay. who's the patient and who's the irritation. <laughs> you know? But there is, but there's, there's a lot to be said about working through um, patience mm. that we, we, Pastor Kim put it this way. If you can't build patience, um, if you got nothing to be patient about, uh, and, and, and it brought me to the experience of my son having broken his leg uh, when he was in middle school, broke his, his tib and his fib, and he had to be in his cast for six months. And it sort of reminded me and, and sort of tied up all the loose ends with Pastor Ken leading this message, talking about healing and restoration. And that, man, talk about isolation. His leg was in the cast for six months, leg, long leg to a short leg to a boot. Um, but as long as you're patient, as you waited for the healing process to happen, that that bone was going to not grow back, but grow back stronger um, than it was before it was broken. Mm-hmm. And that you couldn't rush it. It's not like you could take yeah. it off and start going on it. Mm-hmm. Right? You had to wait for the healing yeah. to happen, mm-hmm. for strength to happen, yeah. and to come back better than you were before it even um, broke in the no, first place. Yeah. 
squatting what five hundred pounds. Yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's my boy. I feel. But, wow. And that just it shows what how Pastor Ken said: conflict is a normal part of life. And sure it's, it's something not to be avoiding all the time, right. but to something right. to be like, how can I get better at this? And what you shared was so great. Can you share that, Pastor? Yeah, so I was sharing a story about my uh, our family. We went to Arizona on vacation, and uh, my oldest son, Ricky, wanted to do something, and there was this conflict between him and I, and it shut me down. Like, it just, like, got me so riled up, it shut me down. And I realized that when that happened, I'm like, there's something wrong with me. Like, that's my son. Like, that shouldn't shut me down. And so I spent an entire year researching conflict. What, you know, conflict resolution, conflict, conflict solutions, and what I could do to be better at uh, resolving conflict. Wow. That's amazing. And that's, what, I mean, I hope we're hearing that lesson, everybody. Like, that's, yeah. that's how it's done. That's how we get better. That's how we progress. That's how we evolve and become you know, the work in progress, the under construction that is, that's getting better. Um, it's not just hearing the sermon and now I'm changed. Yeah. It's putting in the work, right? The small deposit of every minute you've put into that, that effort of research. That's, mm-hmm. there's a, that every day is, I'm, I need to get better at this. I need to get better. And then over mm-hmm. time, you start to see the fruit. That's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, that's very beautiful. Yeah. Pastor Ken framed that with humility. Mm. He, he framed it with, it's not a win-lose, it's not a lose-lose. Mm. we got to find a way to make it a win-win. Yeah. Conflict's going to happen. Yeah. We're going to fight. The pastor says this, but let's fight. Let's fight not to the bitter end, but let's fight for a better end. Yeah. Yeah. Now, powerful, Absolutely. powerful, Amen. powerful. You know, Pastor Vaughn, you mentioned something about, like, end of construction at the end of one of his, his points. He said that this, uh, was it Billy Graham's wife? Um, yeah. on her tombstone said, end of, end of construction, thank you for being patient. I feel like that's, I want that to be my tombstone, yeah. is that while I'm here on earth, there's going to be, I'm not perfect, I have yeah. all kinds of issues, but I always want to know about them so I can be better. Mm-hmm. You know, so at the end of my life, I can say, yeah. you know, thanks for being patient with that's me. so good. And I think, and I, you know, I, I was, just by chance, I have to be watching this documentary last night, a Search for Greatness. And there was a quote in there that talked about how, um, by a ph- philosopher who said that we've turned life into this journey, and, and it's all about the, the end of it and the, the, the destination of it. And he says, and then we find that we get to the end of it, and we're like, what, what, what did I really put all this in for? Mm-hmm. And we forgot that it's, it's less about that destination, so to speak, that we have in our mind, that career, that whatever that goal is we have. But it's more about there's music playing and you learn to dance with it. That's true. You know, and, and, like, and I think that's part of the dance is like sometimes we're, we're getting it right, sometimes we're missing it. Sometimes we need to put a little more work and investigation into ourselves. And, and sometimes, you know, we get to send that card. Sometimes we get to get that card, mm-hmm. you know, and just learning that dance mm-hmm. that we're in this together. And the, let's enjoy that. Let's not think that something's wrong because we have conflict or mm-hmm. something's wrong because something's out of place. Let's, that's a, just a, a signal to work on something or yep. give something some focus. And it. I think yeah. that's why we cannot forget about forgiveness. Yeah. I think when we get to the point that we're facing forgiveness and we're able to forgive, mm-hmm. doesn't mean we're over trying to get even. Mm-hmm. We're, trying, mm-hmm. we're over trying to just give it to that person, whatever that mm-hmm. hurt, right? Because in this life, we're not trying to get ahead. We're trying to bring as much as people that we can to the finish line. That's good. 
That's you know? excellent. So yeah. we can't forget forgiveness. It's a big, yeah. I think Pastor uh, Ken's message is kind of, you know, humility, yeah. kindness, patience, to, all the way to forgiveness. Absolutely. Beautiful and it's powerful. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Which is the forgiveness. It's his um, kindness that leads us to repentance. And I uh, picked this verse and I I thought about that too. Is like, I want Zion to be able to come to us Mm -hmm. and repent or whenever because we're kind and we're loving. You know, just like our father has done to us. And that's how we should be to other people. Which is why we got the scripture, Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Amen. Well, Cathedral of Faith, it's so great to, to walk through this together. Yeah, always. We're dancing together, yes. you know, and we're on a beautiful journey, and we have a, an amazing pastor. And so please stay connected uh, to the rap, stay connected. And, you know, I heard this long, a, long, a lot of years ago that service is not over. Service is just beginning. Amen. Yeah, so let's go into the week. Let's serve our brothers, our sisters, our family, our neighbors. Amen. Let's serve them the love and the kindness and the forgiveness yes. that we so desperately want and need ourselves. Amen. 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 So as always, everybody, Amen. Cathedral. Amen.